wants to change lives even here tonight. And so the title of my message tonight is Walking Through the Steps of a Miracle. I want to talk to you about experiencing a miracle. I want to talk to you about you being involved with miracles. I want to talk to you about you receiving a miracle in your life. One of the greatest miracles you can ever have, of course, is to give your life to Jesus Christ. If you haven't yet done it, come on, everybody. Don't you believe this is one of the greatest miracles that can ever happen to an individual when you know where you've come from and you know where you are now. You know that it was a miracle that brought you out of darkness into light and God transformed you and changed you forever. I know my life was on a downward spiral. I was going absolutely nowhere until the day I met Jesus Christ. And I know now that it was a supernatural thing as he delivered me out of darkness. A young man came knocking on my door and invited me to church. And I said, I'm not interested. And I blew smoke in his face. And I told him I wasn't interested. I thought it was just for the old people. It wasn't for young people like me. I was 17 years of age. What a great age to get converted to Christ. But it's only a couple of weeks later that I found myself in that service, giving my life to Christ with 42 young men who came forward in that service and gave their lives to the Lord. I'm telling you, God wants to do miracles here tonight. He wants to stir our faith to believe that His Word has the power to change us and to bring us out of a passive you know, self-orientated society into a place where we will begin to believe for the miracles of God to happen on a daily basis in our world. That if we've received a miracle of salvation, we'll get busy in helping others get miracles. We'll get busy in seeing God move in our generation and change their world and change their lives. And so I want you to open your Bibles tonight if you have one with me. I know I can see mine. I'm not sure what you can see out there, but I think we can do this together. We're going to be looking at Mark 5, Mark chapter 5, Mark chapter 5 and verse 25. We're going to be starting right there where the Bible says in verse 25, a certain woman, a certain woman in the living Bible, it says, it says that this woman, it says this woman was in a situation where she needed God's help. And I began to read this passage of scripture just a couple of months ago and realized that in verse 25 it says a certain woman was in the crowd as Jesus was ministering and changing lives and working miracles. She was there the right day at the right time when the Son of God was moving powerfully among the people and everything Jesus does is powerful. Can you say amen? And he was moving through that community and moving through that area and transforming lives and changing lives just like he's been doing since eternity and beginning. Amen. He is a miracle God. I want you to believe that tonight. It's not just average when you get converted. It's a miracle. It's not just average when he fills you with the Spirit. It's a miracle. And he puts his Spirit on your life and he changes you forever. And this woman was in this condition, not for 12 hours, not for 12 days, not for 12 months, but for 12 long years. She had experienced this condition in the crowd of life, in the journey of life. And I tell you this, God is calling to the crowd, the peoples of the world to come to Him. He's calling out to the cities of the world so that men and women will turn to Him. 
Some of the Egyptian believers told me when we were there about a month ago that five million Muslims have given their lives to Christ and have become Christians. Five million! Oh, we don't know how dangerous it is because if you give your life to Christ there, then you are persecuted and it's hard to get employment. People will no longer employ you when they find out you become Christian. And, and not only that, you become known in the community that you've turned away from this, this Islamic position that they take. And uh, I want to show you a picture of a girl, maybe we can put it up there, of a girl that I met who, this is the girl that I met in the C3 conference there just about a month ago in Egypt. And she got a hunger to know God. And God is drawing crowds, but He doesn't deal with people as a crowd. He deals with people as an individual. He deals with us one-on-one. Can you say amen? He calls you as a person. He doesn't call you as a crowd. And He draws you out because He's interested in you personally. And you know, this woman here started to read the Bible. She was living in Saudi Arabia with her parents. She started to read the Bible. I don't know where she got the Bible. And it's obviously a very Islamic nation, but she started reading the Bible and her parents caught her reading the Bible. When they caught her reading the Bible, what happened was they went to the authorities and committed their own daughter into the hands of the authorities. Immediately, the authorities said she must be jailed. And she was jailed for seven years for reading the Bible. How many of you know today we've got it so easy in our generation? We've got Bibles from dustbin the door haven't we we're they're in the lost property department in every church they're on the back of every car and we don't pay as much attention but she was desperate to know god and she went to jail when she came out of jail her parents said marry this man this muslim man and she said no i don't know him and i'm not going to marry him and they said well you can't disobey us like that you better run so she left home and took off and somehow found her way. They said, if you don't marry him, we'll kill you. Can you imagine having parents like that? She was, she was under the threat of death after seven years of jail. And she told us all this through the interrupter. I call them interrupters. You just start your story and then they start theirs. And she said, she said, I managed to get over the borders into other countries and into other countries and finally arrived in Cairo. And she came to this place that is spoken of in Isaiah 19, Heliopolis, which is a Greek name. And she came to this place and somebody led her to the Christian believers and they took her in and housed her. And now she's learning the Bible day and night. Come on, give the Lord a hand about it. She, uh, she's a beautiful girl. She stood with us. We went to the Red Sea to look across the Red Sea. And I said to the brothers who were there, I said, where was it that the Red Sea opened up? And they said, it was just up the road from here. All the mighty miracles of God that God does in our generation. And if we're not careful as Westerners, we take it for granted or we ignore it. But God wants us to get passionate. Who believes that tonight? Tap your neighbor or give them a little nudge and say, God wants us to get passionate. He wants us to get passionate about Him and about what he wants to do in our generation. And, uh, you know, the amazing thing was she stood at the Red Sea and she lifted her hands and she stood there for two hours worshiping the Lord. And she came back from standing at the waterside talking to uh, the Egyptian businesswoman who's taken her in and she said, I cried and cried and cried because I've never, ever been able to do this in my whole life. 
to stand at the Red Sea and lift their hands up and worship the Lord. Certainly not alone, you know, without a man and without someone giving her an approval to do what she was doing. Because even when you're 65 years of age, if your father is dead, a woman has to ask the brother or one of the other men of the house, can she go down the street and go somewhere? Imagine the liberty we've got tonight. Amen. I don't know if we've got the next picture, but there is another picture here I want to show you. He's an AOG pastor, by the way, the guy standing on the side. Cried and cried and cried as we laid hands on him, prayed for him. Here's another picture very quickly. I don't know yet. Oh, you, you want to know what it is, don't you? Can I, can, sorry. I just thought they were an automatic down here. I thought that they had words of knowledge and wisdom and revelation. And By the way, would you clap your hands for the PA people? They do a marvelous job every single week. This... This is the church where Father Simon, a Coptic Orthodox priest, has 15,000 members in his church. He speaks in tongues. He prays for the sick. He casts out devils. And the power of God is flowing in his ministry. And this building is carved out of the rock. I'm telling you, this is on the rubbish dump of Cairo where there are seven churches built there. And God is moving in power. Somebody say, help us, Lord. My God, we need, if God will give it to the Coptic Orthodox Church, shouldn't we believe for miracles in our world, for miracles on the Central Coast? We need to lay hold of Him tonight and believe. And I'm going to give you, I could show you a lot more of the travel log, but I'll come back some other time in the new millennium and show you the rest of the pictures that I've got. Is that all right? There's pictures of me on camels and wearing an Arabic, uh, you know, turban, hat, and all that kind of stuff. But we'll talk to that later on. Who's with me? Okay, this woman in the Bible, let's read her story, shall we? Let's read her story. Everybody's got a story. I've told you one about the woman from Saudi Arabia. It's a true story. I met her personally. This is a true story in the Bible, and Jesus met this woman. And the Bible says right here, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And had suffered many things from many physicians. She not only didn't get better, she actually got worse under their, under their care, which was not really good care. Because her testimony was she got worse. She had spent all she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, everybody say heard. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said... If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself, power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging around you and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Father, we pray tonight that the word of the Lord will quicken our spirit. And that we will gather a sense of the presence of God and the faith that you want us to have. As we believe your word tonight, Lord, we pray that there will be miracles of all sizes and shapes 
in the spiritual realm, in the physical realm, in the financial realm, miracles that happen in us and through us. Would you lift your hand and say, God, I want to be used in miracles. Lord, I want you to use me in miracles. Go ahead and tell the Lord that tonight. Lord, I want to be involved with miracles in my generation. In the name of Jesus. I remember very clearly a young man following Kathy and I around in a conference that we preached at. And he was deaf and dumb and he'd been writing notes to us all week. And we had not communicated with voice and neither had he heard us. He was totally deaf and totally dumb. And he'd written these notes to us and we wrote back to him. And then at the end of this time, this week, this conference, Andrew, my son, looked at me and he said, Dad, we should pray for him. And I said, yes, we should. And we bantered backwards and forwards a little bit. And Andrew said, you pray because you've got the power. And I said, you pray because you've got the power. And I'm always pushing other people forward. Are you like that? We need to push each other forward in the kingdom of God and inspire one another to believe that you can be involved with miracles because the miracle God that lives in me lives in you. Amen. The same God that was raised from the dead is alive in your spirit as he is in mine. And so Andrew said, Dad, you pray. And I said, Andrew, you pray. And then I compromised for the first time in my life. I said, we'll both pray. And so we both laid hands on this little boy. And the moment we laid hands on him, without any great fuss, instantly his ears popped open. And I could see the look on his face like he'd never experienced this before. And the noise must have been horrendous for him. And as we laid hands on him, he immediately began to speak. He'd never spoken before, and he burst forth in other tongues and began to speak in other tongues as the first language, not in his own language, but in the language of the Spirit. And when God moves in our lives, he will do miracles that people cannot understand, will not understand, and refuse to understand because God is God. Can you say amen? And this little man was healed and set free. And he took off and he ran like crazy. How many of you know tonight if you were deaf and dumb and you were healed in this service, you'd make a noise and the Central Coast would heal about it. You wouldn't go, oh, well, I just got healed. Ho-hum. So what? How many of you know if you got healed tonight from a life-threatening situation and God delivered you somehow, you'd go excited all over the town, wouldn't you? You would tell the whole town about it. And that's exactly what was going on with this woman in the Bible. She was so set free from a 12-year condition. You've got a story. You've got a situation. You've got events in your life and in your family. There are people around about you that live beside you. And you're involved in the God of miracles. And I believe as we just take this time tonight, we've, I've got nowhere to go until midday tomorrow. So let's not worry about the time. Let's throw the clock out and let's forget about how, well, how cool it is up here. Because it's a lot hotter in hell than it is here, isn't it? And I'd rather be on the central coast in a service like this than going to a lost eternity. Amen. I've never, never, ever worried about the heat or the cold. It's never kept me out of church. Not since 1963, I can count on one hand how many times I've missed church in all those years because the miracle that changed me, changed me. And I'm no longer the same. Tap your neighbor and say, I'm no longer the same. I'm an entirely different person. Oh, my Lord. And so here tonight, there are people who need miracles. Anybody need a miracle tonight? Isn't it amazing? Some, some of us think, well, I need a miracle, but what I really want is somebody to do it all for me. 
And you know, that's not how it works. I want to help you with how miracles work tonight because they don't work because somebody else does the believing for you. They actually work because you decide and you make a decision in God. I want to give you a couple of steps that you should write down in your passage of of the Bible or on a notepad or somewhere tonight about this woman. First of all, it says in the scriptures here that she heard about Jesus. And the Bible says very clearly, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And when you're opening your Bible or you're in a service like this, you need to get your ears on and start hearing what the Lord is saying to you and to us about what He wants to do in your world. Amen. He wants you to hear that He's a miracle God and nothing is impossible to Him. Amen. You can put any position to Him and nothing is impossible to God. Amen. It doesn't matter how difficult it may appear. God sees nothing as difficult and everything as possible. Somebody raise their hand and say, I believe in a God who does miracles. Come on. I believe in a God who does miracles. Praise His mighty name. And this woman heard. And so the first step, if you like, in the pathway of miracles is hearing about Jesus, the miracle worker hearing about the supernatural God. And she heard that not only had he done other great things, but she was looking at others in the crowd and listening and watching and observing. And God was present with them and he was working mighty works and wonders. In Acts 10.38, it says he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Imagine Jesus walking through this service tonight. Boom, 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 miracle after miracle after miracle, just because of who he is, just because of this great God that we serve. Amen. This God of ours is not a weak, anemic, powerless God. He's a God of goodness, but he's a God of power. Amen. He's a God of might and strength. And the devil has no competition with him because God is an almighty God. And he can do anything he chooses to do. But she heard it. And she thought about this. She thought, I've been 12 years in this condition. And maybe tonight you've got a condition that's been long standing in your world. You've come to the right place. You've come to the right moment. You've come to the right time tonight because the God we serve is a God of miracles. And she heard. Everybody say she heard. Secondly, one of the most important steps I see in this passage is that she determined that she would seek his help. She determined. Nobody else can determine this for you. I can't persuade you tonight with enticing words. I can't say tonight, you know, you're thinking doubtfully, but I can switch that around for you. She determined in herself. I'm not going to live like this any longer. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be changed. She made an inside determination that didn't come from the outside, from pressure from anybody. It was a determination of her own heart. She said, I know what I want. And she got determined. How many of you are determined tonight? When you're determined, your world will shift. If you're passive about it, not much will shift. Not much will shift if you're passive about it. I'll just go on. I suppose this is my lot in life. I suppose I'm supposed to be. Some people are supposed to be. We need to get to God and believe that the God we serve changes everything. But He wants us to be determined. Tell your neighbor, determined. 
She said, I've sought the doctor. I've been to him. I've been to every doctor in town. I've been everywhere. And uh, just a couple of days ago in our church at Mount Annan, where we still belong, even though we're the founding senior ministers and handed over to our youngest son, we still belong there. We still tithe there. And we send our finances in there. We never miss an opportunity to give. And uh, the other day, we had a phone call come through from one of the elder women of the church who's been on mission trips she's she said the lord said to her um spend and be spent isn't that right something like that spend and be spent and her husband had died and she had her inheritance and she thought spend and be spent for god and she's been to mozambique kathy takes trips to mozambique some of you ought to go on a trip like that because it'll change your world because africa is full of miracles and it inspires there's no hospital to take you to if they take you to the hospital you'd probably die quicker so it's a lot better to get to god and she said i'm going to god for help and this woman rang this week and she said do you still do counseling, Pastor Kathy? In the meantime, when the email came and Kathy was trying to ring her back just a couple of days because we'd been away in Melbourne preaching and we only got the message when we got home. In the meantime, Kathy rang her back and tried to get an answer and she wasn't on the phone. And then Kathy was out on Friday, I guess it was, and she rang back again. She said, Pastor Adrian, Pastor Adrian, I've just got to tell you. She said, do you remember the lady that used to come to our church? Her name was Wendy Smith. I said, I do. She said, do you remember her son who was a little bit wayward and wasn't with the Lord and you prophesied over him in a meeting? I said, I do. She said, well, he's serving the Lord with all his heart and he has been since that prophecy. Praise God for the word of the Lord that comes at the right moment in people's lives. But she said, he's married now and they've just realized that they're having a baby and they went to have a checkup with the baby, and it looks like the baby is, what was the word, Kathy? Grossly deformed. The baby is not going to be well. And so they immediately rang for help. There needs to be some people who believe in miracles and the power of God in the kingdom of God in our generation. There are very few churches that are standing up for miracles. We need to be one of those churches. And I tell you, C3 is about presence, power, and miracles. We need to believe for miracles. And so she rang in, uh, Mary rang in and said to Pastor Andrew, can we have the prayer team to pray? Of course, the prayer team can pray. How many of you know prayer team have no problem with prayer? because they're just strong in that regard. They don't care whether it's hail. They don't care whether it's deep snow. They don't care whether it's pouring with rain. They don't care whether it's stinking hot. They don't care what the weather is. They pray. How many of you know prayers pray, don't they? Man, they're an incredible group of people. And so they began to pray. And she said, Pastor Adrian, would you believe? I said, yes, I would. She said, would you believe? She said, they went back to the doctor within two days and there is no sign of deformity and the doctors are amazed absolutely no sign of deformity somebody needs to determine just like this woman did that we're going to seek his help his presence and his power number three the third step for you tonight and i'm only on the third step and it's 22 past seven who cares on the third step of miracles she encouraged herself in faith and I say this to you tonight. She said, if only I can but touch his clothes, I shall be healed. She made a decision concerning the contact point of her miracles. She said, the moment I touch his clothes, I believe miracles will flow in my world. 
What an incredible faith this woman had. What an incredible position she took. Even when modern day Pentecostals won't believe, this woman believed. She put her heart into it and she said, I choose to believe. That's what faith is. Tap your neighbor and say, faith is simply choosing to believe. Choosing to believe. She said, she encouraged herself and she said, if only I but touch his clothes. And we have to know tonight, faith will not be silent. Faith will always speak. And it'll stand up and speak. When faith is in your heart, it'll eventually come out of your mouth and you'll start saying things about your destiny and future, about your miracles, about your finance, about your health, about your marriage. You know, things may be on the rocks, but you believe it can change. And so you begin to speak to this thing. And she spoke to it. She said, I know if I speak, I can provide an atmosphere for the power of God to travel through the language of my faith and my world will shift. I want you to know tonight, when you speak with what you believe, your world will shift. Who's with me tonight? How many believers do we have here tonight? How many people want to shift their world? You shift it by your encouraging words that you speak. Oh, it's going to be a good night. Not for one single second did I come here tonight going, oh, it's going to be too hot. I never even considered that in the equation. I could preach till two in the morning and it wouldn't matter to me, man. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of His might. And I'm not backing down just because it's a little bit steamy. Who cares? I've been to Asia. It's steamy there, man. I've preached in Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam, Myanmar. I've preached in, right up in the borders where there was one light swinging over the top of me. Like, you've seen these horror movies? It was like a horror movie. There was one light swing, and all the bugs were dropping from the light into my mouth, down my shirt. In the middle of my preaching, I'm preaching the word, man. And as I'm preaching, there are miracles happening in this meeting. They have not seen Western television, but the power of God is there. And the hand of the Lord was on that meeting that night. And I thought, bug or no bug, I'm going to preach the word come hell or high water. Amen. I had a marvelous night. And I'll always remember that God came because we speak encouraging words. Because faith always speaks. So does fear. But we've got to silence it. We can't live our lives. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. And people will say, you are mad. We're not mad. What's mad is to be silent in the face of adversity. What we've got to do is speak. Things are going to get better. Hallelujah. When I drove in your little road this morning, I thought, I remember when we were like that in our property and you needed a four-wheel drive to come to church. And I said, it's going to get better. And it did get better. Hallelujah. So we need to believe God. She encouraged herself. Everybody say encouraged. It provides the atmosphere for the supernatural and for miracles to flow. And we create our world by our words. We create our world We create our world by our words. And then God does the changing. Number four, on the 22nd at 7.26, number four, she overcame many obstacles. For you to get miracles in your life and the lives of your family around you, you have to overcome obstacles. Tap your neighbor and say, you awake, overcome obstacles. Come on, are you awake? Are you listening to this? Overcome obstacles. 
there were obstacles. There were personal opinions. What will people think of me if I'm in this crowd and I'm, I'm pressing through? I mean, if we had time tonight, I'd make a disaster. I'd just press through this crowd here and shove the chairs aside like this. And get out of my way. She's coming through. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. She didn't have time to get, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. She's going, I know I have to touch the hem of his garment. And sometimes we can be so polite that we forget to overcome the obstacles. Oh, I don't think I should go for prayer tonight. Maybe somebody else should go. I'll just be polite. Please. Please, let me help you. Overcome that stuff. Get out of that zone because it's not there at all. You've got to overcome the obstacles. She overcame the obstacle of personal opinion. She didn't care what she thought. She'd been sick for 12 years. She'd had enough of it. She didn't care what anybody... She got overcame personal misgivings. Am I worthy enough? She didn't go down that road. It wasn't am I worthy. It was I've already decided this is my portion from the Lord. How many of you have decided what your portion is from the Lord? I've decided what my portion is. Hallelujah. I've decided that I will live in miracles and move in miracles and see them. And you know, from one young boy having having deaf and dumb boy writing and walking with us, we had 14 deaf and dumb people healed by the power of God. And the first thing they did was speak in other tongues. I'm telling you, we live in a day when miracles happen. I've been to David Oyedipo's church in uh, Lagos, Nigeria. I overcame the obstacles. I got in a car, a cheap, bomby old car that was falling apart at the seams. And the guy drove me through all the roadblocks of the police and the army who want to smash the windscreen if you don't pay them or break the arm of the driver. They don't care which, either one. You've just got to pay somebody to get where you're going. And uh, I said to the guy, come on, we're going to drive. And every time he come to an obstacle, he said, man of God, man of God in the back seat. And the guy stood back and we, and we drove on through. And we drove through the poorest city in the world in Lagos, Nigeria. Millions of people living with nothing. And then we came to this property of 600 acres with a 70,000 member church, 40,000 seat auditorium. 300 buses, a medical school, a university, awesome stuff. And I invited myself. I'm an Australian, so I invited myself to meet the senior pastor. I overcame the obstacles. What will he think of me? I don't care what he thinks of me. I just want to meet him. And I stood in the foyer and there were like 25,000 people in the foyer all wanting to see him. And then my turn came. They said, excuse me, who are you? And I said, my name is Adrian. I've come from Australia and I'd like to meet the senior pastor. Oh, they said, we don't know if it can happen. I thought, I know it can happen. I'm an Aussie. Hallelujah. It can happen. And I stood there and I waited at the counter. And, you know, he said, why don't you go and sit down? I thought, no, I'm not sitting down, man. 25,000 people are going to get in that door before I do. And I stood at the counter and finally came down with six strong armed men. They said, come with us marched up into his office and this beautiful man of God sat next to me put his hand inside my leg great friendship that'll scare you <laughs> put his hand inside my leg and you know we sat next to each other on the couch I said to him Pastor David tell me he said, he said I believe God 
when I say they're healed of cancer, they are healed and it's finished forever. And then he gave me his DVDs and I saw all the testimonies of the people who said, I came to this church. I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know Christ as my Lord and Savior. But when I came to this church, I gave my heart to Christ and I was instantly healed by the power of God. I have no cancer. And when I saw it, it was just like I believed. This is our God. And in the West, we've got passive about it. And we've kind of pushed it off to third world countries. Well, Australia is like a third world country when it comes to spirituality because there are huge churches over there, man. Huge churches. And when you go through the streets of Africa, you see thousands of people walking with their Bible, going to church, dressed up in their ties and suits and clothes. And they've come out of the poorest communities in the world. But they love God and they, they speak well about the Lord. And Pastor David Oyedipo, he's doing uh, conferences throughout Africa. And his conference is called the Billionaires Conference. And I saw it on the electronic signs. And I know I'm taking a lot of time to tell you this, but I want to enlarge your thinking. I saw on the electronic signs, it says, it's crowded at the bottom, move to the top. It's crowded at the bottom, move to the top. Wouldn't it be fantastic if C3 Tugra left the bottom where it's crowded and moved to the top and became one of the top churches? I'm not talking about pride or arrogance. I'm talking about faith and humility and the miracles of God. I'm talking about somebody who will dare to believe. Somebody who will speak well and encourage themselves and encourage the pastor and say, Pastor Phil, what a great name. Pastor Phil. Pastor Julie. We thank you for leading us into the promised land where there are miracles. And you don't understand that coming this far for 11 acres and getting this building up, despite no air conditioning, no air conditioning in Queensland churches either. I've preached all through Queensland. They don't have it. I'm telling you, we need to be people who know how to overcome obstacles. And this woman overcame opinion, personal misgivings, and she pushed through the crowd. <laughs> I'm three minutes over time. <laughs> Who's thankful to God? Who wants me to finish before I finish? Who says we should finish now? Raise your hand if we should finish now. No pressure. We're not coming to eject you or anything like that. If you, who says we should go home now? Go home to do what? Nothing? Who says we should finish the message? Raise your hand. Let me see your hand. Oh, there's about 30% of you. The rest are just still in the question zone. We're going to move quickly. Who's with me? What number are we up to? <laughs> some said five, some said four. The first one was she heard. The second one was she, de she determined. The third one was she, de she encouraged herself. And the fourth one was she overcame many obstacles. You have to overcome many obstacles to get to the miracles. Number five was she came to Christ. This is the miracle of people's lives. We come to the one who, like no other person in the universe, has all the answers and all the provision and looks for someone to tap into it. Why let it go lame when you can come to Christ front-footed, proactive, and go, I need Jesus and I don't need anybody else and I'll trust Him today. Hallelujah. 
I've been there hundreds, of, and Kathy and I have been there thousands of times throughout the last 35, 40 years. I needed Jesus more than anything else. And I said, Lord, I need you. And he loves to put us in that position where we need him alone because it's a compliment. He knows that you can do it. He knows that you can come to him. And when you come to him, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God. He's not pushing you away. He's pulling you in. He's not restricting you or restraining you or limiting you. He's the God of a great expanse. And he wants you to come to him every time on every issue. Hallelujah. Are you with me tonight? Number, that was number five. Number six is, because I'm moving quickly now, she touched him by faith. She didn't just touch him. She didn't go, let's see if this will work. Should I? She didn't stand there going, oh, I knew it wouldn't work. She touched him by faith. When she put her hand out, she probably was down low because of the crowd around him. She had already determined when my hand touches his garment, his clothes will be full of the power of God. Imagine his clothes full of the... Imagine you carrying the presence and the anointing. There are ministers and leaders that carry the presence of God. This ministry carries the presence of God. This ministry of Jesus, this ministry of the Holy Spirit, we carry the presence of God. We worship and we carry the presence of God. And when we come with the presence of God, when they touch it, when they reach out for it, the power of God flows into their world. And there are miracles in this room tonight. In a few moments, we're going to open the altar and I'm going to ask all the pastors and the people who are approved to pray, to pray with me. I'm not the miracle man. The God of, of miracles is God himself. It doesn't matter who prays for you. If you will reach out and touch him tonight, your faith will bring about the change. He said to this woman, he said, your faith, not the pastor's faith, not the other people. He said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you whole. Tap your neighbor and say, your faith. Imagine your faith getting to the point where it has the power to touch the living Christ and for that flow to come of divine power into your world and a miracle begins. It's okay, I've asked him to come. And a miracle begins to happen. She touched him by faith. His life, his power, his presence flowed into a world and immediately she was healed. And I love this last part of this passage of Scripture. He turned around and said, you know what he said. So what did he say? What did he say? He said, who, who, everybody say, who, who touched me? Who touched me? Why did he ask that question? My take on that is this. He wanted a confession from her. He wanted her to confess not her failure or her fear. He wanted her to confess her faith because with the heart we believe, but with the mouth confession is made unto the thing we receive from God. Be it salvation or a miracle or an answer to prayer, finances or a family coming to Christ or the devil being cast out of our world. Whatever it is, he's looking for the power of God to flow from our heart to our mouth. 
And she said, Sir, it was me. She was no longer a certain woman. Look at the language that he changes as he deals with her now. He says, Daughter, daughter, you're my daughter. You've believed. I've accepted you. I love you. You're mine. He immediately changed the language that she'd been hearing all her life because she'd been an outcast in her world because of a condition. The doctors had not given her much provision and her whole family had been affected by this, the financial disaster as well. But he welcomed her. He said, daughter, your faith, your faith. And here we are 2,000 years later still preaching about this woman's faith. What a woman. Everybody say, what a woman. My, I love a woman like that. I mean, Kathy's like that. Someone who can believe, someone who can trust, someone who's not afraid to confess him and say, in my crisis, I turn to him. And I believe. Come on, let's stand up before God.